Welcome to MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. Continuing with the third episode in our four-part series on the fifth anniversary of MT Engage, Dr. Alvin Knox, a lecturer in the Department of English, explains how he uses the Student Success Program to keep his introduction to literature and expository writing students focused on their studies. Our conversation begins after this. Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. MTSU has been named a partner institution on a nearly $1 million grant awarded to the state by the Institute of Education Sciences to research the impact of the Tennessee Pathways program. Researchers will evaluate if the Career Pathways Initiative has been effective in its goal to align K-12 education, post-secondary education, and employers in order to give students a clear and relevant pathway into the workforce. And a $50,000 Tennessee Board of Regents grant will provide mentoring opportunities for new MTSU students, while another $47,400 TBR grant will support new students with writing skills. Together, the combined nearly $100,000 in grants from TBR and its Student Engagement, Retention, and Success Initiative, or SIRS, support MTSU Office of Student Success efforts. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com. What specifically is the title of the MT Engage course that you teach? Actually, I teach... um introduction, well, um, expository writing and introduction to literature, both as engaged courses, but I only uh, emphasize e-portfolio in the, the, comp, the expository writing courses. How does that work? What, what does that look like? Is it something that they do on D2L? It is something in D2L. It's, um, it's an application that is linked directly through D2L. And in my case, in many engaged courses, people have students actually just put what are referred to as artifacts, you know, pieces of writing, images, video, et cetera, into the engaged template. And the engaged template is then used if students decide to apply for the engaged scholarship when they go into their junior year. In my expository writing classes, I actually don't use the engaged template. I have them create one, you know, quote from scratch. Actually, what they're creating is, is something within ePortfolio called a presentation. Uh, the ePortfolio tool, they can upload all this sort of different stuff into it, which again, we refer to as artifacts. And then they create a presentation that selects from those artifacts for different specific purposes. You know, you can create a presentation as part of a job process, a job application process. You can use the engage template presentation to apply for the scholarship, or you can just use them as a personal learning device to sort of track your educational progress. And what do they do with the ePortfolio after the, the class is, uh, is over? Do, do they all save them and, uh, you know, be able to keep them as a, a record of their work? What use does it have after the class is over? Yeah, the, the ePortfolio is actually not attached to any specific class. So they have it for their full academic tenure at MTSU. 
and they even have access to them for a number of years. I think it's currently five after they graduate. So if they decide to create an, you know, a, an, an digital resume, for instance, or a digital portfolio to submit with a job application, they can continue to do that for pretty good length of time after they're, they're no longer MTSU students. But you only use the e-portfolio in the expository writing class. I, I actually have my um, literature students place at least one of their works from class into it, but I, I don't grade it as an assignment right? If they choose to uh, apply for the engaged scholarship, it's just good to have artifacts already there and waiting. What I have my intro, my expository writing students do is actually not submittable as it is for the engaged scholarship, but I try and teach them more of what you can do with the portfolio as opposed to what the engaged template allows you to do. And the skills that I hope I give them will actually improve their, their engaged template presentation. They can modify uh, an engaged e-portfolio. It's kind of like a personal website, right? Mm -hmm. They can actually modify the main banner image or they can choose a, from a variety of themes that seem to express uh, maybe through the use of color or pre-selected images something in relation to themselves as a student or individual. And you can actually change the banner image, make it more specific to your um, major choice or your preferred profession at some point. So you can actually do quite a bit of modification. The engaged template is fairly limited. Of course, they're judging a scholarship competition, right? So they, they want a common basis to work from. It makes perfectly good sense, but that does kind of limit the kinds of things that students can put in there and use. I try to make sure that everything I have my expository writing students do to be eventually applicable, but they're going to have to you know, create a new presentation using the engaged template if they decide to pursue the, the engaged scholarship, which, which I definitely encourage my students to do it's some of the easiest money on campus I'm pretty sure <laughs> not not that it's easy to win but once you have won there are few continuing commitments to receive the money my daughter had a music scholarship while she was at MTSU and she had to work in the office the music office I think it was I don't know how many hours a semester it was, but it was a pretty significant commitment for the money that she was receiving, right? Mm -hmm. With the engaged scholarship, you win, you show up to get your picture taken, and the money just keeps flowing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's up to $6,000, $1,500 a semester for four semesters. So that's, that's pretty easy running there. And a lot of your students really need that money. Oh, yeah. All students need that money. <laughs> well, maybe not all of them, but in, in my experience, you know, I was certainly happy that my daughter got through MTSU with no uh, student debt at the end, and she did it all by herself, too. We'll take a break here. This is MTSU on the record. The Concrete Industry Management Program at MTSU fills the need for trained personnel who know concrete technology and techniques. Our alumni go into the marketplace grounded in basic math and science and able to promote products or services related to the industry. 
our participation in the academic common market ensures talented students in other states a chance to enroll on an in-state tuition basis. This is Dr. Heather Brown, director of the program. To find out more information on this or other university programs, visit mtsunews.com. The Tennessee Early Childhood Training Alliance, or TECTA, works to improve the quality of child care in Tennessee by establishing a statewide training and professional recognition system. Through TECTA, child care providers may be eligible for free orientation training, tuition support for early childhood academic courses, and networking opportunities, as well as other services. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Our guest is Dr. Alvin Knox of the Department of English, who teaches two MT Engage courses that help keep his students focused. For the uninitiated, define expository writing. Uh, expository writing is the what we call English 1010. It is the first of two. Um, I, I hate to say writing. You know, I mean the term writing is even there. But we actually practice in the English department what we call literature for life, um, where we focus on more than just writing, other kinds of texts too, audio, video, you know, even graphic novels, right? I don't personally teach a graphic novel, but frequently excerpts of graphic novels appear in our textbook. But it is the first of two writing courses, and it focuses primarily on writing that comes from personal experience and from primary research. And in my courses, the primary research is generally observation. Um, some teachers I know have students go out and do interviews. I don't really do that. Uh, I, I'm more of an observation-based primary research person. But, so they, they, they write a lot of essays, right? Well, my students used to write a lot more essays, but when I started teaching the e-portfolio, you know, something's got to give. They write a literacy narrative, which is a, an essay about a learning experience. And in my class, students focus specifically on an, on an experience that changed how they feel about themselves as a writer. And then my students write a genre analysis of a movie review, and then they write a movie review. And then I used to have them do an advertisement analysis, but something had to go to make room for the e-portfolio. So now just the creation of the e-portfolio is their final assignment. So they really only have three big writing assignments. In e-portfolio, we encourage them to do a lot of reflection so once those, uh, and of course I have them put those other three works from class in there, plus an, a work from outside of class, something that was created for another course. I have them put those things in there and then they have to create brief reflections on each one of those documents or, or their choice of those documents. I usually only have them do one or two of the three that they put in there. So there's there's a writing component, but it's not as big in the e-portfolio because we're thinking more about, again, a, an e-portfolio is a kind of personal website. So design, they have to generate their own navigation system. They have to think about page layout. You know, D2L e-portfolio gives you a couple of options. You can either have one big column or you can have a, a two columns and you can adjust the width of those columns to suit the material you're putting on that page. So there's page layout, there's navigation. Yeah, so we're thinking about design a lot and that takes 
takes the time that you know, normally I would spend doing another type of assignment. I kind of miss doing the advertisement analysis, though. That was a fun paper for me. <laughs> I don't know how my students felt about it. It's a fun paper for me. I think maybe uh, most folks hear the word text and they think about words on the printed page. But when you get to college, maybe even in high school, the word text takes on the meaning of audiovisual content and it can be applied to a lot of other media. Yeah, yeah. and lots of, you know, we, we refer to lots of different kinds of genre and even media uh, as text. You know, we talk about printed text when we're talking basically about writing. And then we use, you know, audio text, video text. Yeah, the terms get a little bit confusing for some students, at least at first, until they get used to used to teachers, you know, using the word text in multiple forms, in multiple references. And how is your MT Engage, your other MT Engage course different from the expository writing course? Well, it's an introduction to literature course. It, it maybe differs from a lot of other people's courses as part of the MT Engage course. I have them create a video in which they, they select a poem and they have to do the narration for the video. They read the poem or rehearse it and practice it, I hope, and then read the poem to create the, the narrative soundtrack. And then they have to select or create images that somehow illuminate that poem for a viewer. Some students just sort of pick images that go along with the poem's language. Some students uh, create historical context in images for the poem. Uh, and some students, uh, mostly my art students, get a little bit more abstract and try and create a sort of moodscape creations. Yeah, and those can be very interesting. I've had a couple of fairly successful ones. I've had successful ones in all categories, all, all three of those approaches. So far, those are the three approaches I've seen. Somebody will come up with a new one someday, I'm sure. <laughs> How long have you been doing MT Engage courses? I started teaching MT Engage in the fall of 2017, and I th think... That was not the first semester it was there, but I think I was among the first of the, the quote, engage boot camps that they taught over the summer. It was like three or four day meet every day in the library for a chunk of the day kind of introduction to, to engage. I was pretty close to the beginning of the engage program, not right on the ground level though. Does it work in your experience? Does it get them engaged? Do you find that you have very few or no students sitting at the back of the class playing around on their phone or falling asleep? I don't know if it works at that level. But I think what it does do for some students is it really gets them more involved in their entire educational career. Because part of, part of the Engage program revolves around learning reflection. If you keep up with it, it kind of, you know, you get to see where you started at and where you're going. And part of reflection is also looking forward, not just backward, but how is what I'm learning right now providing a basis for what I'm going to learn in the future. How can I apply the skills I learned in a specific assignment now to maybe an assignment in the future, maybe within my profession. So I think that for the students that it sticks with, 
it becomes a terribly good way to, to monitor their own progress, to really become engaged and take control over their own educational experience. You know, there's always that percentage of students that are just, you know, English, English is one of those courses where, you know, students either have a sense of commitment to it or they tend not to. I'm probably not going to break through to some of those students. But the idea of ePortfolio is very new. I mean, very few of my students have ever done anything like it. Some students have created personal websites for things like art portfolios and stuff like that. But they, the reflective component of it is something that most of my students have never engaged in before, at least not in an ongoing capacity. And because, you know, this uh, expository writing is a first semester freshman course, I'm essentially setting the groundwork for that. So I don't get to see the outcomes very often. I have had a couple of students um, that have received the engaged scholarship and I get to see their ongoing e-portfolios a little bit. And I'm very glad that it took for that. One of my students who received a scholarship, I think last year, the banner image that he created for my course was still the banner image on his e-portfolio. And it's, it was really unique and kind of fun. As part of their e-portfolio as, as first semester freshmen, I have them do um, an audio recording that just talks about their time at MTSU so far basically their first semester experience. And his recording of, of that was also still part of his e-portfolio. Another student that had won an engaged scholarship had been in one of my literature classes and she had reproduced in her presentation an essay that she'd written for my class. Always rewarding for me to see my students, you know, out there and continuing with the process that I tried to motivate them to to take up. Yeah, but again, I don't I don't think it works for every student, and it's more a matter of personal engagement, especially in the first semester. And it's been especially difficult this year. Uh, mm -hmm. Students in general seem to be much less oriented in the remote learning environment than they are in the classroom. They just don't have that constant ongoing structure to, to keep them focused. I, I don't know if I've actually, you know, sort of lost more students during the last year, but many of them seem much less in touch with what we're doing from day to day. Is the remote environment tough for you too? Does it oh, make it tough for you to teach? Kind of. You know, everything has to be kind of planned out in, in advance. And uh, therefore, there's a little bit more time consideration in the planning process and preparing materials. But the real drawback is, is you don't get that in classroom back and forth. In a classroom, somebody asks a question from the classroom and they're surrounded by their peers and there's that sense of sort of protection, right? In Zoom, when you turn on your microphone, the classroom equivalent would be saying, come to the front of the room to ask your question. Mm -hmm. And students seem particularly loath to ask questions 
in a Zoom discussion, whereas they probably would have in a classroom setting. So I end up spending a lot more time answering individual questions in emails, and I don't get to see the response, right? You know, sometimes you'll say something in a class and you can see the student is still confused. Their body language reveals, I didn't quite get that. And when you email them, sometimes they don't respond back, even if they don't understand. And you're, they're still out there uncertain and you don't know that. So I am really looking forward to getting back to the classroom. And lots of students don't use video in Zoom too, whether that's because of bandwidth issues or because you know of equity issues, I have no idea, but, but I really don't see very many of my students during a Zoom meeting, whereas I would obviously yeah. in a classroom setting. Yeah, they, 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 they sort of feel exposed in, in if they have a question or an issue in the online environment. I think so. Yeah, because as soon as you turn your mic on, you know, you're, you're what everyone's hearing and seeing. Yeah. In, in, in my view of the Zoom meetings, I know that that person is still there, but in the recordings, whoever's microphone is on pops right to the front of the screen. And, and I'm sure that they're aware of that and they are just kind of hesitant. I don't want to have that focus. Time for another break. This is MTSU on the record. The Army ROTC College Program at MTSU prepares students mentally, physically, and emotionally to become leaders and promotes virtues of duty, honor, country. ROTC cadets are involved in all academic disciplines, athletics, and student organizations at MTSU. Full scholarships and tuition assistance are awarded based on merit. All cadets upon graduation will serve their country as second lieutenants either in the Army, Army Reserve, or Army National Guard. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Women in Science and Engineering, or WISE, helps college women prepare for and become involved in science-related careers. WISE nurtures women's interest in these fascinating and critical fields and provides mentoring and networking opportunities. The group's main goal is to assure women of their importance in all scientific and technical fields and to promote equal opportunity and treatment of women in science. I'm Dr. Judith Iriarte-Gross, WISE advisor. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. This year marks the fifth anniversary of the MT Engage Student Success Program, and here to talk with us about it is Dr. Alvin Knox of the Department of English. Does the MT Engage rubric give you the freedom that you feel you need or you want to design the courses the way you think they should be designed? It does require different structuring. And again, even the idea of teaching students how to reflect in a constructive manner takes time away from what I would have spent on other things before, but I think the payoff is worth it. One of the goals of expository writing in general, even without the Engage program, is to get students to think about themselves as writers. MT Engage style reflection definitely supports that course goal. I've got this incredibly stupid graph that starts with like course objectives and then MT Engage objectives and then online learning objectives and sort of creates a little web of how things interconnect. And um, when I try to accommodate as many of those goals from those three categories as possible, I think I really end up with a much stronger course design than if I was just thinking, okay, I want to have them write a literacy narrative. And that was the end of my thinking about it. 
Instead, I'm thinking literacy narrative, course objectives, online learning objectives. How am I going to make all this work? And it creates a, a pretty strong basic structure. The, the, the real problem, of course, with the, the remote learning environment is students that actually choose an online course of their complete own volition tend to be students that are already relatively secure in their tech abilities, whereas the students we have now have been kind of forced into that, and lots of them simply have not developed the tech abilities to enable them to progress at the same kind of rate they might in a classroom. About how many students do you usually have in your engaged courses, Ballpark? I also teach both regular English 1010s and 1020s, and at least for English 1010, uh, the K section courses, which are, you know, for students that, that come in, they're, they're either non-traditional students or they had low test scores, SAT scores, ACT scores, whatever it might be, and are maybe considered a little at risk for their first semester. And in those classes, my classes are typically capped at 15 students apiece, and they go an hour and 15 minutes instead of 50 minutes. So we get extra in-class time. Uh, There's also an extra week of online component in those classes every week. So they get a little extra instruction. Oftentimes, I get to use that extra class time to when we're in class to move around the class and provide more immediate and timely feedback than I'm able to do online. In my regular 1010s or 1020s, I actually got lucky and got capped at 17 students. My literature courses are usually 25, but they've been as in my teaching career as many as 35. That hasn't happened in a while. You know, if you can deliver all your, your assessment material in the form of a bubble quiz, you know, you get to pay attention to a lot of different things than an English teacher does where you are constantly reading and providing feedback. They've got to have these courses regardless of what their major is. Very few people have taken uh, the sort of um, pre-college, you know, prerequisites before they get to MTSU. There is a pretty strong trend to dual enrollment for English in the high schools, which which I think only allows them to miss the first class, but there are other classes. I don't know what a, what um, MTSU is doing right now with like AP placement. I haven't heard any students tell me that, no, I got out of English 1010 because I took AP comp in high school. It's a tough course. Man. Mm-hmm. I used to do um, assessment for the AP literature exams. It's not easy to get that five or six. Is there anything else you want to say about MT Engage? Obviously, I believe in it or I wouldn't keep doing it. You know, that's that's the bait right there. If I thought that it wasn't benefiting my students, at least some of my students in some way, I would not do it. But I do. Thank you for taking the time to do this. Uh, I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. We'll be right back. NTSU's Jewish and Holocaust Studies minor offers undergraduate students a chance to study the culture and religion of the Jewish people and the Holocaust in an interdisciplinary program. Studies include history and culture, theology and philosophy, and the arts and social sciences. Courses tackle vital topics central to local and global awareness, including multiculturalism and the meanings of diversity, religious tolerance, and genocide. For the latest NTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The Tennessee Employment Relations Research Association, or TERA, 
gives labor relations specialists and academics a chance to share their views and their data. Terra wants academics and other interested in human resources and industrial relations to work together at meetings and conferences to strengthen the workplace. Many MTSU faculty belong to Terra, which has members in 20 states and 7 nations. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Stephanie Barrett has the middle moment. Trey Duke, recently named the director of Murfreesboro City Schools, earned his third Middle Tennessee State University degree this past May, his doctorate in assessment, learning, and student success. He shared his appreciation for his multiple true blue experiences, calling MTSU a foundational part of the Murfreesboro community. When I think back to my undergraduate days in the College of Education, that gave me my first opportunity to really be in schools, to work with students, to see teachers do their craft and to do it really well. In my master's program in the college, I got to see great professors who really helped me understand what educational leadership meant and what it meant to be a great school principal. And when I think about my current program in the College of Education, working on my doctorate, here I think about the way it's helped me cement what I believe about teaching and how to look for those best practices that are going to move kids forward. That's MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU on the Record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's Marketing and Communications Office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.